720 WGN. It's the Steve King Rock and Roll. Steve? <laughs> I knew hey, it. John, good to talk to you, my friend. I, I, I knew I'd get you. I was telling uh, Tom Hush about back in the day. Didn't you open with that that song? Oh, More yeah. Than, yeah. Every single night. That's what I thought. You Long know? John Baldry. By the <sighs> way, I hate to start off the conversation on a, a sour note, but I have to make a correction. What did I do? Yeah, not you. It was the aforementioned Tom Hush. In the previous conversation, you were talking about riding an elephant. He mentioned that riding an elephant was kind of like riding a horse. Yes. Been there, done that. I proposed to Johnny on an elephant, no. and one of the things I said is, if you ever have any thoughts of having a child, we need to get off this elephant now. <laughs> it is not like riding a horse. Trust me. Now, is that story a true story, Steve? That is an absolutely true story. Johnny and I were the king and queen of uh, the uh, the King Richard's Fair, the uh, oh Renaissance Fair. This would have been in about 1983. So, wait a minute. So you're at the fair doing your king and queen thing, and you're on the elephant at the fair. You're yep. the king and the queen, and while you're on that elephant, you propose. Yes, during a commercial break. <laughs> Because we were we were broadcasting live uh, on uh, on WIND at that point, right? And, right. Uh, yeah. It just seemed like the the right time to say, yeah, if you if you want to see this relationship progress, we might want to exit this elephant, whose name, by the way, was Killer. <laughs> Did you have a ring? No, I I hadn't come prepared with oh, the oh, ring uh, for oh. elephant riding. So wait a no. minute. No, no. I mean to get no. engaged. She had on a velvet tunic and beetle boots with a large pimp beret on his head, and I still said yes. That and they didn't tell me I was going to have to wear that stupid outfit when we were asked to do that. But I looked fabulous because I was all laced up in this corseted dress with I'll this bet. great big hat with with a veil behind it, and I was riding side saddle, so I said, sure, I'll marry you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and, and one more cl- uh, correction and clarification. No, please. No, that is not Johnny doing the old lover. <laughs> At the time I recorded that, Johnny was six. <laughs> That's just creepy. Well, then maybe, but not now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that is a little creepy, Steve. <laughs> Maybe t- a little, maybe a little bit of TMI in there. <laughs> well, you uh, have to realize, John, and forgive me for jumping in here, but no, I, no, no. I have no idea who this woman is, John. <laughs> I wanted to be sure he got the story straight. I do have framed in our house my very own book cover with his picture and your picture oh, and the gosh. whole gang from the, yeah. the big eighty nine on my book cover. <laughs> Because you, I was in high school going, Oh, my God, no! No! Because I have it, because I kept it. I thought it was sort of cool. And so I even had it framed, and I was look, happened to look at it yesterday, because it fell off the wall, and, huh? <laughs> and part of the was frame Was that an omen? <laughs> Apparently. But I, so Johnny's starting to talk about it. Well, yeah, you know, Steve had one at the station, I'm sure. You, oh, no. You were an actual student. <laughs> No, you were li- you got one because you listened. Oh my God! Yes, uh, yes that's the kinky side of our relationship. <laughs> I got it at Rose Records. Oh, Remember Rose Records. So, what? Did, where did you guys meet? 
I'm almost afraid to ask. Where did you at WIND? <laughs> in an elevator at WIND. When oh. he asked me if anybody ever told me I look like Jackie DeShannon, and I went, "Oh my oh. gosh, he's a weirdo." That was a my weirdo, line, by the way. And then I, I stepped thought... off the elevator, and he was right behind me, and I went, "Crap, who is this man?" <laughs> Wait a minute, Jackie DeShannon is a very uh, attractive well, I know, person. But it's a weird thing to say to a woman in an elevator. Well, it depends on what you you. It depends on where you want the elevator to take you, if you know what I'm saying. All right, thank you, John. And again, be... John, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay, <laughs> okay. Try to I re- regain control, John. Yeah, I I have known you for a long time, and I yep. you know I knew that you played guitar, yep. and let's Paul, and but I never had a clue. About this song, Steve. I mean, uh, how come? You know, talk about somebody being modest. If I had recorded a song in 1963 and I was with a bunch of idiot disc jockeys at WLS in 1974, I'd be telling them all, "Hey, man, you know when I recorded a song, <laughs> I, I never I heard a word tendency about that." To keep my godless rock and roll life before radio uh, kind of quiet, but but for a good ten years before I got into radio, I was a. Uh, a uh, working musician, singer, yeah. uh, rock and roll uh, um, practitioner. Yeah, rock and roll practitioner. Uh, I think we have, you know, we have these, well, you're well aware of this, that uh, there are music licensing laws. And since WGN's not a quote-unquote music station, I can't play anything longer than 60 seconds without getting into some sort of copyright uh, jungle. So here is just a taste of the song we're talking about. Satan is her name, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk more about Satan and uh, about, <laughs> about and Satan all, and Satan and a bunch of other fun stuff. Steve King and Johnny are on on the phone, and that was Steve on record from I believe 1963. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, on Mercury on an yep. actual label. Yep, an actual label. At that time, there were basically five major labels. Controlling the record industry. Right. Capital, RCA, DECA, um, Mercury, and right. uh, Columbia. I mean, and, there were a lot of a lot of big artists on Mercury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and this was a song that uh, I had the idea for this song. There are some song ideas that are just gifts. And literally, I was walking home from my then girlfriend's house. And by the way, that was her uh, doing the old lover. Uh, her name was mm-hmm. Betty Banneke. Who? She lived on the south side. She lived at uh, 84th and Kingston. <laughs> I lived at uh, 80th and Manistee. And I was literally walking home from her house. Oh. And this song started forming itself in my brain. And by the time I got home, literally, I ran in, grabbed a piece of paper, wrote down the lyrics, and grabbed my guitar to see if the chords I had thought would work would work, and they did. And as soon as I could, I got the, the members of my group together, produced a demo session, and recorded a, a dub of that, and subsequently got in touch with Mercury Records, arranged to have a meeting with David Carroll, took him some of my dubs. He really liked Satan is her name. Mm. And we went into uh, United uh, Studios here in Chicago, or Universal Recording Studios oh. here in Chicago. Yeah. And one of the things I'm most proud about about that record is there was no overdubs. That's how the group sounded. We just 
played the song and they recorded it. And um, when it came out, it almost looked, Mercury was excited about it because they thought it was going to be a hit. And Dick Clark liked it and started playing it on the portion of American Bandstand that was only broadcast in Philadelphia at that time. And he was about ready to go with it on the national portion of American Bandstand when Leslie Gore came out with the record. And I don't know the specifics, but apparently Dick was only going to be adding one Mercury record at the time, and the promotion people went with Leslie Gore. And years later, Johnny and I had Leslie on the show, and we... Uh, basically, we all laughed about the fact that if things had gotten a little changed, that both of our careers would have been totally changed. I would have never met Johnny, and Leslie wouldn't have gone on to have some of the hits that she had. But it, it was within recent years that all of a sudden, I started finding out that over in Europe, my record was being reissued on more and more CDs. And then suddenly... European artists and then artists on this side of the big pond started recording it, and it's become a kind of a weird cult resurgent record, and I, I love it. I, I, I'm fascinated by the idea that somebody likes something I recorded that many years ago. I think there's someone you can thank. You want to know who that is? Who would in that my, be? In my opinion. Quentin Tarantino. Because... Yeah. Because he has made some films, and I'll tell you right now, that that Satan is her name would fit into a Tarantino movie like a glove. I mean, I could I could hear that song in, in uh, Pulp Fiction, I could hear it in Reservoir Dogs, I could hear it in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, that's got the sound, Steve. I mean, I, know, I don't know, even know how to describe what the sound is. It just matches where soundtracks are at today in a, on a certain level. And what's even better about it is that it sounds exactly like it was a hit, but nobody ever really heard it. You know what I mean? It, and I it's know, like, it, it's it, it fresh. It was so weird. At that time, it, it was one of the top ten requested records in Miami. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously didn't become a, a major hit, but... You are about the fourth person I've had suggest uh, Quentin Tarantino. And oh. I just heard from a friend of mine on the left coast who said he was going to see if he could get a copy of it to Tarantino. So who knows what's going to happen. But I think it's a hoot. I think it's fun. Well, I think it's a little bit more than that. And you know what else? Here we are in Chicago, and I'm goofing around with the band, and Steve Dahl's goofing around with the band, and Jonathan Brandmeier's goofing around with the band. And you're the one who had a real band, and you're not doing anything. I mean, it's like, you know what we need to do? We need to get Landaker and the Legends back together, and I'll jam with you guys. Well, I, I think that has dispersed into the uh, atmosphere. But, man, I'd love to see you play, Steve. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, and it was it was with the Echelons, correct? Uh, that, that was the, the group name of the week. We needed some name. I like and it. They just, you know, I, stuck that on the record label. I, I think that even makes it more, gives it even a bigger mystique, really. It's, 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 was the girlfriend Satan? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, she, in fact, I, I have no idea where that idea came from. It just uh, it just morphed into my head, and, and there it is. Johnny, you know what I... Well, go ahead, Johnny. What? Did you ever see the video that the, uh, the uh, 19-year-old kid from Poland put together? He put together a video to the song, 
And he, he used the Russ Meyer, the, the, the girls from the Russ Meyer movies, the one wearing black leather with mm-hmm. the big bosoms and the, you know, smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes and looking really mm-hmm. bad. Exactly. And, and using uh, my version of Satan as her name as the, the music. And so far, that has approached two million hits. Oh, my God. I watched, he, it, I watched it today. Well, Steve wrote to the kid. It was so cool when he wrote back in his broken English, this is like Mr. Elvis writing to me. You oh have my made my life. How, how, did the, how did this kid hear the song to begin with? Oh, it sells on eBay for like 200 bucks a copy. And again, over in, in Europe, it's become a, a cult classic. And I think so far it's been reissued on about, oh, at least 20 different CDs. Compilation CDs, yeah. You Do can you? pick up many Halloween compilation CDs, and there it is, next who, who, to a Ken Nordine cut and some other, <laughs> you know, the, uh, Boris Karloff cut, and there's Steve in the middle of all of this. And by the owns, way, he doesn't get a penny from, from any gonna, of this airplane. That's what I was going to ask. Who owns the copyright? Who, who owns the publishing rights now? Well, one of the problems is that, particularly over in Europe, the copyright laws have changed. For example, Elvis material is now public domain. What? If it was recorded in the 50s. So my record of Satan is Her Name is now public domain, and people are putting it out on as many CDs and albums as they choose to. You know, it reminded me of Roy Orbison. Wow. You know, that, a- well, that you're... Uh, whatever, that, well, um... Oh, no, here we go. Oh, words can't tell. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's, I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Robertson, maybe he heard that song. Because this, <laughs> because this is 1963, and like Pretty Woman with, or whatever it is, what was that, six, it was like 65, four, somewhere in there? Right. You're a, tr- yes. Steve, okay, you're a well, trendsetter. Okay, well, I'm going to put in for uh, some of Orbison's royalties. I like that. Man, I tell you, I really like the song, Steve. I well, mean, I really, I really like it, and I, I'm so surprised that I've never heard of it after all these years. But man, who knows where it's going now? Maybe there is something going to happen. Yeah, who uh, knows? I, I sure hope so. You know, you should re-record it and re-release it and own it. Oddly enough, I'm uh, working on a bunch of songs for an album that hopefully will be out within the next year, and I think I'm going to do a, a redone version of Absolutely. Well, come on and uh, do an album preview when you get it done, okay? Absolutely. Oh, lo- great talking to you guys. All the best to you, Steve and Johnny. Always, always love you guys. Thanks for being with us. Take care, my friend.